Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. I don't want to start a new series and we just simply call this The Violet Take It By Force. Taken by force. Hallelujah. The violin taken by force. And we're actually taking the text from Matthew 11 and verse 12. Matthew 11 verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violin taken by force. Verse 13 says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. Amen. This is what we want to look at. Now, if you... I know this is not, as it were, so much of a new world of verse of scripture to you because it is commonly used by almost every... For me, is what Pentecostal. Now, you know, the common understanding largely as to what we have believed this to mean is if you want to possess the kingdom, you have to be very violent. Do you understand what I mean? You have to be very aggressive. And uh, this has led to some of us even praying certain type of prayer which we call dangerous prayers. Have you heard about that before? Yeah, dangerous prayers. And when you pray dangerous prayers, then you'll be able to possess what belongs to you. So the understanding is uh, this verse has to do with you have to be very aggressive in your prayer life to be able to get back what the devil has stolen from you or whatever. And for you to be able to enter the kingdom, you have to be very violent. That seems to be the common understanding that uh, people place this on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I, I want you to, as we're going to go into this, let's go back a little bit. We'll go to verse 10. Um, yeah. Okay, go back a little bit. Let's go back and look at it from verse number 8. We're looking at this. But what we are say for to say now talking about John the Baptist, perhaps go back to verse six or seven. We can take it from that, and then you see something. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking with the wind. Verse six says. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, a more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I say, my messenger before thy face, that's Malachi 4. We shall prepare thy way before thee. 
Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there had not been reason a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now I want you to turn this again. He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist, yet of all the men, I mean, all the women are giving birth to, there is none as great as John the Baptist. Did I tell you anything? Why is this so in the first place? Simply because John spoke about the kingdom, but never entered into the kingdom. He spoke about what you entered into. He was a bridge between the old and the new. Are you following what I'm talking about? He spoke about what was coming forth and then he introduced what was to be. Remember, he was more or less the friend to the bridegroom. He knew the wife, which is the church. He knew the bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ. He brought them together. He made the way for you to be married to Jesus. He was great because he spoke and introduced Jesus himself. As compared to all other prophets who just prophesied about it, he saw Jesus, he introduced Jesus to the church and introduced the church to the husband. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So he wasn't just a prophet. He was a bridegroom's friend. That means he had intimacy with Jesus Christ. Others spoke about him, but he had a personal relationship with him. And he introduced him. Now, he did the introduction, but what he was introducing, he didn't partake of it. He spoke about the bridegroom, he spoke about Jesus, he spoke about the kingdom, but he didn't enter into the kingdom. He was of the same before the kingdom came into being. You understand what I mean? That's why you are greater than John the Baptist. Praise God. Come on, are you there with me? So what's the next thing? Verily I say unto you. No, come on. Okay, verse 12 now. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it what? By force. The next thing says, for all the prophets and the law prophesy unto who? Unto John. Did you get it? They prophesy unto. So, they were speaking about the thing that John finally introduced. The thing that John finally brought to light. The shadows were brought to light by John the Baptist. All the prophets spoke about certain things. Help me with Hebrews chapter 1. Amplified translation. And verse 1. And then we're going to come back here. Praise the Lord. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. Did you get that? In separate ways, every one of them have video about which they were talking about God and talking about Jesus and talking about the kingdom. Various ways and each of them have a set portion of truth 
That means they never have the whole truth. But each of them have a truth, but not the whole truth. So whatever ministry they had was partial, not a fool. You see what I mean? Now Jesus said, all of this happened until John. So it means, as at when John came into place, all of this thing converged. All these various portions, they converge into John. John had the fullness by revealing what all these portions were speaking about. The truth which is Christ was actually now introduced or declared by who? John the Baptist. Did you see that? Are we together? All right. So go back to Matthew 11. So this is what he's saying when he says verse 13. The prophet were unto John. Law and the prophet were unto John. Right? So that's exactly what it means. All of those portions of truth, the laws, all the symbols, whatever you can find it, the law of Moses, all of the lamb that women sacrificed in the Old Testament, they all point down finally to, to Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist came and said, well, this is all that the prophet will be talking about. It's right now. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's no longer a time of prophecy. It's a time of fulfillment of what? Of prophecy. Are you there with me? Right. For all the prophets and the law prophets are until John. That means they stop there. Praise God. Okay, so what we're looking at is, so what was Jesus talking about? Verse 12 again, in the verse number 12, when he said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, right from then, when John started saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Remember that. When he started baptizing in the river Jordan and telling the people to repent. Right from that time to when Jesus was speaking, he is saying until now the kingdom of God suffered a violet and the violet taken by word by force. So what exactly was Jesus talking about? Luke 16, verse 16. Let's see a corresponding scripture on this. The law and the prophets were until then. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man pressed into it. Hallelujah. I want you to get this. See, he's saying the same thing that Matthew said in Matthew eleven twelve. Are you following me? Whatever thing you will see at violent in Matthew 12, I mean 11, 12, Luke calls pressing into. Did you get that? Good. I want you to follow it. I'm trying to take my time so that I can get this right. Matthew called it violent. Luke calls it pressing. How is pressing violent? How is pressing into a place becomes an aggressive prayer point or dangerous prayer point, whatever they want to call that? The whole of this passage is not talking about you possessing possession in terms of material things that were lost that you need to recover. He's not talking about that. Praise the Lord. 
If I may summarize a little bit for you, what he's trying to say is this. Men have come to understand what the kingdom means and they now want to go into the kingdom. They are pressing to enter. So, the pressure to go into the kingdom is what is called violence. <laughs> Praise God. Are you there? They were pressing or men are pressing. Now, you know what? Every man. That's the same. When man gets to understand what the kingdom really is, they want to go in. Do you understand that? Good. You see, if I may summarize this to you again, as we progress, you understand. But this is it. Get this picture right. Maybe in the next section, I'll give you a picture of a shepherd in Israel. You see, okay, let me put it this way. We are in this room now, in this hall. If there's a fire outbreak now, and there is only one door for all of us to go out to the open, do you know what that means? There's going to be pressure. It's like stampede. You understand what I'm trying to say? Right. Everybody wants to go out of the hall because there's a fire outbreak. That's what is referred to as violence. That is the pressure. It's not talking about being aggressive to get anything. So like in Israel, for instance, when the shepherd comes in the morning and wants to go graze the, the sheep, once he opens the gate, you will see all the sheep rushing to come out to go and graze. So the pressure by which you are coming out is what referred to as what? Violence. So men have come to see the reality of the kingdom and they are pressing in to do what? To enter into it. That's what Jesus said. Praise the living God. Now he didn't say until John. He said right from the days of John till now. People have been told, but right from the days of John, they begin to understand what the kingdom is. And now they want to go into it. And everybody is struggling to do what? To enter into the kingdom that John spoke about, that Jesus spoke about. Remember, in Matthew 12, 28, he said, If I cast the devil with the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you before you expect it to come. So men are beginning to see what the kingdom really is. They begin to see that this is the son of David. Remember, blind Bartimaeus, when he begin to cry, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because they believe that the son of David is going to be the Messiah that they are waiting for. Now they send the Messiah. Everybody wants to go in. Hallelujah. So it has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. Of reclaiming lost properties from the devil. Nothing to do with that. That's all religion. Are you with me? You, you see people ranting when it comes to, oh, the kingdom take it by force, the violence take it by force. Pray, violence take it by force and then to be praying like prophet Obal. You know how prophet Obal prays? Until they see blood, they don't believe that God is going to answer. Mm -hmm. 
Hallelujah. Is anybody following me? Most of all we do in the Pentecostal cycle, we act like the prophet of Baal. You think when you pray on your head begins to shake like somebody suffering from Pakistan disease, God doesn't answer. Why do you think God is involved in your emotions? To get results. Come on, folks. <laughs> Jesus said, when you pray, say. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we think violent prayer must be the one that gives our results. And somebody will tell you, Matthew eleven twelve is what I'm talking about. The kingdom, you can enter peacefully. It has to be with force. But as we progress, we'll be able to understand. Jesus told Nicodemus how to enter the kingdom. You must be born again. Simple. He didn't say by prayer you enter. Did he say so? We're going to get there. <laughs> Praise God. So in the recent, what was Jesus trying to say? When he said the kingdom of God suffered violence. He was just trying to make a simple statement. Give it take time to read. You find that the tax collectors and the Gentiles, whom the scribes and the Pharisees keep thinking that they don't have any right to the kingdom of God as revealed by the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself. These people now have an understanding about the kingdom and they were going into the kingdom. Instead of the scribes and Pharisees, remember those people they fell well, they own the kingdom. I mean, if you understand that. In fact, scripture said, You have the keys of the kingdom, you won't enter, neither will you allow others to enter. So, what is the key of the kingdom? The key of the kingdom is knowledge. In other words, what he was saying, because you see, the Jewish people, I mean, the, the, the Pharisees, the storehouse where you have the scrolls. In those days, they have big keys, not like this small one you have now. Big keys that open those libraries, whatever it is. And so what these people do is they take this key because the whole, the head of the, the key is always very big. They hang it on their shoulder and be walking on the street. You understand that? Yeah, for people to know that, hey man, this one of the Pharisees, this one of the scribes. So they hang this thing, walking around the street, in a very big form, you know, you understand that? And so Jesus said, you have the key of the kingdom, but you don't enter, and will you order others to do what to enter? So what was he trying to say? Remember, Jesus told Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Are you following that? That means he taking it from the literal keys of the Pharisees and giving the spiritual keys. What was the spiritual key? The revelation of who Jesus really is and what the kingdom of God is all about. Was given to who? Was given to Peter. So now, what makes people get into the kingdom is what? Understanding. Revelation knowledge as to what the kingdom is. So now the Gentiles, how many of you understand? You see the Gentile people, sort of financial women, all of them coming to Jesus, receiving healing, receiving blessings. How many of you remember that? But the Jews themselves were rejecting Jesus Christ. 
Why were the Gentiles coming to Jesus? Why were the remaining people, the scribes and the farming, the tax collectors and the heathens, why were they coming to Jesus? They begin to have an understanding about what the kingdom of God is all about. And they say, no, 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 no. Of all that the prophet was talking about, there's a fulfillment. Now we can go in. So Jesus was telling the Pharisees here, say, you better listen to this. Even the people you reject now, or you see to not be qualified, they are going to come into the kingdom before you. Remember what he told them? That men shall come from the east, from the west, from the south, and they shall enter the kingdom of God and sit on the same table with who? Abraham. How many of you remember that? Praise God. But you who are the Jews who claim that you have a right to the kingdom, you will not be able to go in. Why? Because you're rejecting the revelation of the Messiah. So the violence had nothing to do with force. But it have to do with what? Understanding and taking a step. Because when you understand the beauty of the kingdom, no man is going to force you before you get into the kingdom. You want to go into it. Praise God. So you see these people who are not the scribes and the Pharisees, I mean now the heathens, I'm talking about the tax collectors, the sinners in quotes, that the Pharisees all refer to the sinners. These people have been able to come to a place of understanding about the kingdom and now they are moving in. And so the zeal and that desire to come into the kingdom is what is referred to as what? Violence. Because of the revelation knowledge they had, they had the zeal to move in. Praise God. And so it is the same thing with you today. In a true sense. Amen? Because you see, when you move into the kingdom, that is where the scripture makes us to understand. In the kingdom, you see, they were moving in to receive the masses and the blessings that the kingdom carries. You understand what I mean? Right. So just like the woman with issue of blood, she has to come to Jesus because she needs the blessing of God, she needs healing in her life. All of those blessings are the beauties that you find where? In the kingdom of God. Which Jesus came to reveal. Praise God. But the Pharisees, the scribes, all of the Jewish set of people, they will not come to Jesus. Oh, Jesus said the same thing. You will not come unto me. If you saw the scripture, for you think you think you have eternal life. But they are they that testified of me. They said, but you will not come unto me. You see that? Even the scripture that they had the key on reveals somebody. But here is a person that the scripture was revealing, but they will not go to the one that has been revealed. But for those of us who are not Jewish people, by help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to have understanding of what the kingdom is. And what's the next thing we're doing? We're moving into the kingdom. So the pressure, you understand what I mean? By which everybody wants to go in because of the revelation knowledge as touching what the kingdom is, is what referred to as what being violent force. Taking it what by force, the violence taking it by force, have to do with men pressing into the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So, friends, here we find that the kingdom of God be taken by force from even those doctors of the laws who claim that they were actually the chief priests, if you will, and they alone have the kingdom to themselves. They have the belief that they own the kingdom. 
Remember last week when we were discussing about Jesus Christ and the woman of Samaria? Right? So what do we have to do with you, Jewish people? Right? Praise the living God. We own the kingdom. We own, I mean, salvations of the Jews. Referring to the Samaritans. Salvations of the Jews. Amen? Now the house of Judah. That's what they tried to say. I remember Jesus came from Judah. He didn't come from, I mean, he came from the tribe of Judah. Is that okay? Right. But the Jews were the ten tribes. The ten tribes. You understand that? Praise the living God. Okay. So here is Jesus speaking to these people. You're losing out other people who were not born Jewish people in quote. They are moving in into what I've come to do or to reveal. The same thing with you today. Hallelujah. Some, see, you may see yourself not to be multitude. You may see yourself not to be among the class in quote. But if you follow what I'm saying, you'll find that the same thing is playing out today. Most of these big shots all over, they have no clue as to what the kingdom of God is all about. Are you with me? That's the simple truth. No clue as to what the kingdom of God is all about. Nothing. They have no clue about it. The best they can talk to you about the kingdom is, is going to come when Jesus comes a second time. What a deception. Hallelujah. But Jesus will tell you in Luke chapter 17, 2021, the kingdom of God is within you. It's right on your inside. Hallelujah. And then in Matthew 12, 28, he tells you the same thing. If I cast a devil with the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So the kingdom is, I mean the spirit is a carrier of of the kingdom. As long as you have the Holy Spirit here, you have the kingdom right here. Now the big men don't have that understanding. They can only use the Holy Spirit in doing whatever thing they want to do. Miracles, signs, and wonders as the case may be. But those who only are performing these miracles on, they don't have access into the kingdom. Which is righteousness, which is peace, which is joy in the Holy Ghost. They don't have that understanding. It doesn't come to them. So you can be in church receiving miracles and yet you don't have the peace of God. You have your physical healing, but your inner man healing is completely void. No clue. Whatever happened then is happening now. And so we have prayer meetings in churches. What's the next thing they tell you? Today we're going to take it by force. Oh, we must break through. We're going to take it by force. You don't need to take anything by force. Whatever thing is yours, is yours. And no man can take it from you that belongs to you. Hallelujah. Except God didn't give it to you. In the book of Luke, remember, Jesus said, I give you a kingdom, even my man, and my father, I gave my own what? My kingdom. I give you also your own kingdom. That means there is something God has given to you. No man can take it. He said, I open the door and no man can shut. And when I shut the door, no man can open. How can God give you a thing and the devil takes it from you? What kind of theology is this? And then you organize a meeting of, of taking it by force and making people sweat in and all that. All they need is revelation knowledge of what belongs to them and that's all the matter. Praise God. Are you there with me? Let's look at the parable. Let me show you something. 
That's the parable that Jesus gave. Am mm. I going to get this from you? Go with me to that's in Matthew 21. Let it from verse 38 to 32. Matthew 21. 38 to 32. Let, let's take it from the NLT. No, I said we should read from 28 to 32. But what do you think about this? Maybe we'll go a little bit further. Let's take it from 26. Let me just see something there. Verse 26. But if we say it was merely human, okay now, remember, there was this question as to who, who are you, who gave you power, why are you doing all that you're doing? Is that okay? And he said, okay, fine. If I must answer you, you answer me this question. I mean, this, who, I mean, the authority of John, where did it come from? And the said, now, if we say it's from God, then if we say it's from man, they said, we don't know. And he said, okay, if you don't know, I don't even know either. Do you understand that? Okay, so the next thing. But if we may say, no, 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 keep it from 26. But if we may say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed that John was what? A prophet. So, they said, we don't know. We can say it's from God, we don't know. From human, we don't know. Okay. The next thing. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. They together. Sometimes you need wisdom to talk to people. Amen? If people ask you questions, sometimes you should be able to know if they are just being crafty or they are normal. They just really want to get facts. If they are crafty, you respond in a crafty way too. The fool must be answered by his own foolishness. Praise God. Verse 28. But what do you think about this? A man who had two sons told the other boy, Son, go out and walk in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his master or father? They replied, the false. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Praise the Lord. Because they seem to be the one that said, I'll go, and then they will not go. Praise the living God. So he's saying, the people you reject, they are going to get into the kingdom first before you. If ever you are going to come in, they are going to go in their force before you. The people you reject in the society, they are already getting the understanding about the kingdom, and they are moving into the kingdom. Praise the living God. So here we find that they despise sinners. 
The harlots, according to the word they have been used, the collectors, tax collectors, the heldings, they will move into the kingdom of God because they are accepting what Jesus is. But the scribes and the Pharisees will think they own the kingdom. They will be able to assess the kingdom. Why? Because they are rejecting the one that came with the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So, what are we seeing when it comes to the issue of being violent in entering the kingdom of God? It simply represents you having an understanding of what the kingdom is, of the benefit, of the glory of the kingdom, and you want to own it. You want to go in there to experience those things. That's what he's just talking about. It's not just about you praying some dangerous prayers so that uh, devils will lose their grips from your possessions. That's not what he's talking about. It's just simple knowledge. When you really see the beautiful situation that can emanate from being in the kingdom, when you see the joy of the Lord that can always attend to you, Hallelujah. Because you are in the kingdom of God. You want to go in. You don't need any man to tell you. Hallelujah. You won't need any man. You still see the benefit of this wonderful kingdom experience and you want to go in. That's what it means. So, I got the understanding. You got the understanding. She got the understanding. All of us now want to go into the kingdom of God. We're pressing in. To possess the qualities and the beauties of the kingdom. This is why, as we're going to progress on this, I'll be able to make you see that. This is someone like Joseph or Arimathea. You know the story of that man. He was rich, he had money, he had whatever. He was a counselor. But guess what? The Bible says he was also waiting for what? The kingdom of God. Now, when Jesus was crucified, you know what he did? He went to Pilate and said, I need the cops. I've already said it before. What do you need a dead cops for? Jesus was no longer alive. It's not like saying, well, if this man is alive like Nicodemus, I mean Zacchaeus, say, come into my house. That would have been another story. But this man is dead. So what do you need a dead cause for? See, Joseph saw the kingdom in Jesus as a manifestation of that kingdom. He saw what his body represented. The body was not just a dead cause there. He saw the glory that will come after the resurrection. Hallelujah. He was able to appreciate the fact that this man called Jesus is actually the embodiment of what? The kingdom of God. So he took the cups, gave out his own grave, which he has prepared for himself, and gave it to Jesus. Why? Because he saw value in where? In the kingdom of God. When you understand what the kingdom means, 
when you understand what you can get from the kingdom, no man can tell you to invest in the kingdom. Men don't invest in the kingdom because they have not seen the value of the kingdom. They don't feel they can get anything investing in the kingdom. Spend the money in the kingdom or whatever. They don't feel they can get anything from it. And that's because they have no understanding about what the kingdom is. Hallelujah. This is where Jesus was speaking in John 6. Seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Shall be added. Now today you can talk about Joseph Arimathea. There is no way you are going to preach the gospel without his name being mentioned. Why? He is of value in what? In the kingdom of God. What about the sister that broke the alabaster box? Mary Magdalene. What she saw and the value she had for the kingdom, even his own disciples, disciples of Jesus, couldn't see that. I'm not if you remember that. Because the box that she broke on the feet of Jesus, for estimate was worth one year's salaries in terms of value. She put all of that on the feet of Jesus in preparation for her burial. She saw the burial of Jesus. She saw the resurrection. She saw, listen, she saw beyond what the disciples could see. And she offered that as a sacrifice in preparation for his death. Jesus said, no, leave it. What you have done is for my preparation. How many of you understand that? You anointed me already. That means she was already partaking of something that his own disciples could not see. So it's not a matter of being in church. It's a matter of a personal revelation that God can bring to you. Disciples say, oh, this money should have been sold. Uh, I mean, this thing, this is a waste. <laughs> this is a waste. Should have been sold and given to the poor. I mean, if you understand that. And Jesus said, no, come on. The poor you always have with you. What you have done is a preparation for my burial. Think about that. And that's somebody who got hallowed. That's why I say, even the hallowed will enter before you. Because the revelation of the kingdom can come to them, not because they are pastors, not because they are bishops, no, not because you're sitting on a high table, not because you're an apostle. He can come to anybody. And all these people are present to the kingdom. They can lose their life for the sake of the kingdom. I mean, I almost wanted to ask somebody a question today. Why are you a preacher? It's, it's nice to be famous. I, I'm not against that. It's nice to be popular. There's nothing wrong with that. But why are you preaching? If you are minister listening to me, go ask yourself that question and give an answer to it. Why are you preaching? What is the ultimate reason why you are preaching? The people you are preaching to, why are you preaching to them? What hope do you have for them other than maybe success? If it is success, I keep saying, is the only reason why we preach. We have no need to preach. Because the unbelievers are even more successful than so many Christians. So why are we in church? Why are you a believer? Hallelujah. We need, to, we need to go through all of these things sometimes. Amen? 
Because if we don't have our focus right, if we don't have our understanding right about what we're doing, then of course we end up being religious people. You see that? Imagine that Mary Magdalene could see what the disciples of Jesus could not see. <laughs> no wonder scriptures say, work out your own salvation. Think about that. These people following Jesus for three and a half years could not see, understand certain things about the kingdom. They still could not understand. Can you even imagine in Acts chapter 1, they asked Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel when you come a second time? That is like they still could not understand what Jesus was doing. I mean, do you remember that? But here was a prostitute that was not a disciple, not an apostle. That's why it's not about being an apostle or, a, I mean, a bishop. No! It's not about the title. It's about your relationship. It's about your insight. I make you see this. A lot of you can be partners to anybody because you have no understanding about the kingdom of God. But you remember what Mary Magdalene did was partnering with who? With Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God. Why we can partner with people is because we have no understanding about the kingdom. So you find that our partnership is a major oppressing into what? Into the kingdom. To be able to get the values, the mercies, the graces that are all embedded where? In the kingdom of God. Am I helping anybody? Hallelujah. So Joseph did a wonderful thing. So the violent press is like when a shepherd opened the door to the ship to graze, like I said before. Everybody wants to go in. That's a press. That's a violent situation. And you can't be violent in relation to the kingdom without knowledge. It's only accurate knowledge of what the kingdom can offer you that will make you pressing into the kingdom. You won't wait for people. You won't think about other people. Even if people are not there, that is not your problem. When it comes to the kingdom, when you come to see the value of the kingdom, it's not about people are there or people are not there. No. That is not the issue anymore. You are just with your father. Mary Magdalene will not consult anybody before she did what she did. Joseph of Arimathea will not consult anybody before she did what he did. He was among the council. He will not talk to anybody before he went to Pilate. Give me the cups. And the Bible said, we have baptized into one body. And that body is Christ. So what he did was investing in the church. Are you there with me? Why? Because the Bible said, he was waiting for the kingdom of God. There was something he was expecting. And he said, this must be that thing which I'm waiting for. Do you have an expectation? Do you understand what the kingdom means? Do you even know why you should move or get into the kingdom? Do you think you have anything value? I mean, anything of value for yourself if you move into the kingdom? Hallelujah. Friends, I, I want you to understand 
Mighty 10, 12 have nothing to do with forceful prayers or dangerous prayers or whatever thing you want to call that. Nothing to do with that. It has to do with understanding. It has to do with revelation. Praise the living God. It has to do with clear vision about what the kingdom of God is and how that you have need to move into the kingdom. And nobody's going to force you to go into the kingdom. Nobody's going to pressurize you. But once you understand, and I'm saying this understanding are given or it comes to people. Remember what Jesus said to his twelve. Why do you teach them in parables? He said to them it's not given, but to you it is given. To do what? To know the mystery of the kingdom. That's the key. Ability to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's what drives you in. That's what gives you energy to go in. <laughs> because there is something you are seeing. Like I said before, Hebrew 12 verse 2. The Bible will tell you, for the glory that was said before Jesus, what did he do? He endured the cross. What made Jesus endure the cross? He saw the glory on the other side. If you don't see anything glorious in what you are believing for, there is no man is going to push you to do whatever you are supposed to do. But if you see the glory, you will act like Mary Magdalene. You act like Joseph Arimathea. Nobody is going to stop you. It's a matter of knowing why you should move into the kingdom of God. It's a matter of understanding why you should be a potential person of possessing and entering the kingdom of God. In the part two, I'm going to make you see. Because part of the thing that Jesus was saying here, some of you are trying to enter into the kingdom in your own ways, which have to do with the scribes and Pharisees. They have their own method by which they can enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, until John the Baptist, and right from John the Baptist, the kingdom has already fallen. So what was it that Jesus, um, John the Baptist said? John the Baptist simply said, repent. What does it mean to repent? Change your mind. Change your ideology. Change your thinking. Change from just being a Christian to truly being a son. Hallelujah. I'll make you see that. Why do you think Jesus had to speak to Nicodemus? Nicodemus was a religious man. He had all understanding in terms of religion, in terms of Jewish rituals, whatever the case may be. He was a doctor of the law. But Jesus told him to repent. Jesus told him to change his mind. Jesus told him to be born again. From what to what? I'll explain that to you. That is what you do to come to possess the kingdom. Don't think you know it all. Don't think you understand even what I'm saying now. No matter your title or who you are, don't even think you know what I'm saying. It has to be revealed to you. Jesus can only be revealed to a people. And one of the conditions by which he's revealed to people, those who have meekness in their heart, that is, those who are humble to learn. Who are humble to receive. That's why I use children to illustrate the nature of the kingdom. He said, These ones, they are the type that possess what? The kingdom of God. Little children. Which speaks of humility, humbleness of heart. It's not about a title, it's not about who you think you are, it's not about how many years you've been in the faith. Like I keep saying, the disciples were already there before Mary Magdalene came in, but she overtook them by way of revelation. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Even Peter was saying, you must not die. <laughs> but Mary was preparing him for death because there was something glorious about his death. Who had the greater revelation? The harlots. Hallelujah. Come on, is everybody understanding what I'm saying? That those people you're looking at thinking that they are nobody, they are the real people. Where about Rahab? Rahab the harlot. You call her harlot? But she saw, she understood, she preserved the spies that came to Jericho. Are you still there with me? Oh, see, we're talking about revelation. Well, and you see what she did? Preserve, prepare the place, kept the people, and and if you will, in the language of men, she lied. She lied to preserve the people. There was something she saw about the kingdom of God represented by Israel coming in to take over Jericho. She saw something deeper than Bernard the Natural. And her name came into the book. Because she invested in the kingdom. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All these three classes of people, category of people I mentioned now, they all made investment in the kingdom. Did you get that? They come in there. The doctors are all looking People are Rahab, the harlot. Now begin to flow into the genealogy of who? Of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Christ was given to a harlot of Jericho. Praise God. Are you following me? Listen, you will walk without anybody pressurizing you. You will give without anybody forcing you to give. You will tight if you want to without anybody putting a curse on you when you understand what the kingdom represents. Nobody's going to force you. Nobody's going to put pressure on you. You're just moving. Hallelujah. You invest. You put in your best. You, you don't need anybody to cajole you for anything. You don't need any sweet message to excite you. There is something you see beyond the natural. That you want to invest your life and all that you have for the kingdom of God. Are you following me? So read the Bible today. You are going to see Rehab the harlot. What did she do? She invested. You are going to see Mary Magdalene. What did she do? She invested. You are going to see Joseph Arimathea. What did he do? He invested. All investors, the name are in the book that you are reading about today. And this because they got revelation of the kingdom of God. Praise God somebody. Have I helped you? Is your spirit alive now? Do you understand what Matthew 11, 12 is talking about? He's not talking about prayers. He's talking about your forceful entrance by way of revelation into what? The kingdom of God. Because you've seen the glory and the beauty of the kingdom. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.